Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. My name is Haley, and I'm your host. This week, we're joined with Dr. Ravon. He is a periodontist in California, but he's originally from Nice, France. So he did the internationally trained dentist program here in the States and worked as a general dentist for a little bit and then did his residency for perio and now works as a periodontist in a private practice partnership setting and also kind of as a freelancer periodontist going to three different private practices and servicing those patients there. So he's a very interesting pathway that he's followed, tons and tons of great life experience that he shared in this episode, and I think you're all going to be very interested in it. But quickly, I just wanted to recap a little bit of my past week of dental school. Again, first year dental student, last semester of my first year, 26 credits, lots of classes, lots of time in person in SimLab, which I'm so grateful for. Right now, we're working on class four restorations, and I'm remediating my class one restoration this coming week as well. So I've been practicing both of those. We have an exam tomorrow in our nervous system class, and we're doing weekly COVID tests. So that's something a little bit different. The saliva tests we go in every week. We also started going in person for periodontics lab, for radiology lab, for our ACE clinic, so a clinic rotation, and also for a clinic training class. So we have a lot of different in-person activities. The Perio Lab is actually learning about profies on each other, which are dental cleaning, so not explicitly similar to the periodontics you're going to be hearing Dr. Ravon talk about. Um, Then last little update, I guess, is that I have my second dose of my COVID vaccine next weekend on Saturday. So that's really everything happening with me. I'm quite exhausted. It's been a very busy, busy, stressful week. And if you want to follow along on all of that, I do make YouTube videos where I post every single Wednesday, sometimes also on Fridays, but every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, there's usually a 15 to 30 minute dental school vlog on there. If you want to see what I'm up to every week in school in video format, that is something to check out. And then we also have a Facebook group for the podcast where you can post questions and get answers from myself, but also from all different dental students around the country and from pre-dental students, depending what your question may be. So do consider joining that and ask your questions there, but you're also always welcome to DM me at Dental Download Podcast on Instagram or my personal Instagram page, which is Haley Schultz underscore YT. So with all that being said, we'll get into the main episode with Dr. Ravon, and I hope you all have a lovely week. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so we have another guest today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So my name is Nicholas Ravon. I'm a periodontist in Beverly Hills, and I've been practicing now for 18 years since I came out of residency, and I'm working very hard every day, and that's basically my initial story. Awesome. So you're originally from France, correct? When did you move to the United States? So yeah, I'm originally from Nice uh, in the south of France. Um, I moved in 1995 uh, to go to USC Dental School 
to do what we call at the time the international student program. So basically, I was a dentist from France, and I wanted to further my education initially. And that's how I went to USC. So it's a little bit of a long story because um, I didn't do dental school in France. I did dental school in Brussels in Belgium. Um, and I graduated, I started in 1989 and I graduated in 1994. But what is pretty unique to me or maybe to other people, you know, other people is that my father is actually Because it's always well known, at least in Europe, at least at the time and before that, that the education for dentistry in the United States has always been better than in Europe overall. I see. So when you came to USC, did you intend to stay in the United States to practice or did you want to go back to Europe somewhere? Okay. So not a, yeah. So that's you're exactly correct. So I, I never had the intention initially to stay here. My goal was just to further my education so I could go back to France and actually take over the practice of my father. Because it's very highly regarded, especially in France, if you have, um, if you did a postgrad program, a residency program in the United States. So you have, that's why you have a significant number throughout Western Europe of, um, you know, European dentists have been American trained. So that's, um, so that was the thinking at the time. So then what led to you ending up practicing in California? So... You know, I never did anything by design. You know, like some people have a very clear idea of what they want to do. I just discover myself over time. So when I was at USC and I was in that international student program getting my American DDS, I realized that I wanted to specialize. Because for me at that time, being a general dentist would have not been enough. I really wanted to further my education. And I realized that pretty late uh, down the road from the program. So it was already too late in my second year um, to apply for any residency program. Because when you're a foreign dentist, these programs, and it's still the case, are two-year program. So what you guys do in four years or three years, for example, at UOP, you do it very condensedly in two years. So it was too late for me to, uh, to apply. And I basically decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead, take my uh, California license exam, and then I will take it from there. So this is what I did. So I, you know, passed the California board, um, you know, and then I changed my visa status. I looked for a job. And I started working as a general dentist first. And then I reapply, um, you know, for perio program. Okay. So what made you choose periodontics specifically? So 
it's a little bit more complicated for me at that time um, in the sense that I liked everything in dentistry besides pediatrics. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not too much of an ortho guy at the time, but really, I was really, really interested in either doing pros, potentially endo, and perio. This was really my main areas of focus. But at the time, I still was thinking about going back to, um, to France. So for me, having a surgical training was actually very important. And, you know, restoratively, you can always take a lot of classes and get better and better over time and have a better understanding of occlusion and uh, restorative dentistry and so on. I think that's something that you can teach yourself and there's plenty of teaching center that you can go to and learn a higher level of restorative dentistry or full mouth reconstruction. But I think to learn surgery, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, and I felt that really the best, best way for me was to go into perio, which I really liked. I knew already that I would like that, but it was hard for me to choose a specialty because you have some people that are very clear about what they want to do. They know I don't like to prep teeth. I like to do surgery. So then the path is very clear. You're going to either choose oral surgery or you're going to choose perio. So it's um, for me, it was a little bit more difficult because there's many fields of dentistry that I really like. So for some people listening, they might not be familiar with what the kind of general role of a periodontist is. Can you talk about what periodontics is, maybe some of the common procedures that you do? Okay. So, you know, basically a periodontist is a dentist that is specialized initially in treating patients with gum disease. So I'm going to just really lay terms first. Um so that's the primary goal. Our primary goal is make sure that we can keep their teeth. Um, so there is non-surgical gum therapy, so like deep cleanings, and then we can treat patients with gum surgery. We can also treat people with aesthetic gum problems uh, by doing gum grafting to cover their recessions. So that's basically the primary goal. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say thank you for that. Cause I know, I think periodontics is one of the specialties that people outside of dentistry are maybe the least familiar with. So I appreciate the little explanation. Do you have any advice for students that are looking to apply to periodontic residency programs, maybe to be competitive or anything that you did to set yourself apart? Um, Okay, the number one thing is that you have to be, let me, how, how can I phrase this? You have to make sure that you're going to like the specialty. So I, I think this is really important. Regardless of the specialty that you're going to choose, um, this is really a commitment, a lifetime commitment first. So, you know, I think during you know, dental school, your regular DDS program, I mean, that's something that you have to really explore and make sure that it's something that you're going to like. 
potentially, I would advise first to practice first as a general practitioner uh, to get some experience before jumping into a specialty. I would say maybe one or two years. I wouldn't practice for five years or six years. I think one or two years of general practice would give you a good sense of what you really want to do. Um, then what would be very, very important to me, and that's what I was really looking at, is you want to go to a program, um, for me, that is very clinically oriented. So the number of surgeries that the residents are doing over the three-year program is very, very important. Because at the time when I was looking at different residency programs, you know, you had some programs you were going in. For example, let's talk about placing dental implants. There were some programs over three years, residents were only placing five implants. When I finished my program, I placed over 120 implants. So you want to make sure that, you know, you choose what fits you as an individual. Um, so I was, I love to treat patients. I love to do surgery. And I knew that from the get-go. So it was very important for me to choose the right fit for me, the right program, and a very clinically oriented program. Thank you for that. So you also mentioned to me that you do mentoring. What is like the capacity for that? What do you do through your mentoring? So, you know, right now I have, um, you know, a person working in my office that's going to go to dental school. Uh, so he's applying. So I'm really helping him, um, getting him through the process. You know, I'll let him go to the office and shadow me and working with me, showing him the rope of um, what a private dental practice is. So that would be one type of mentoring that I'm doing at the present time. Um you know, over the years, I've had um, dentists from other countries coming and wanted to practice here to go to, you know, dental school to these international student programs. So I let them come into my office and assist me and help them, you know, go through that process. So overall, that's what I'm doing. I love to teach as well. It's not something that I do enough, but that's basically part of the process. That makes sense. So you mentioned you have a private practice now. Is that, do you own that practice? Correct. I'm in a partnership actually. So okay. A couple of different, um, I basically have two businesses. Okay. One, I have a fixed practice in Beverly Hills where I'm there three days a week. And then I offer my surgical services to a couple of practices um, on Wednesdays and on Fridays where I go to these offices and I do surgeries for them, which is something that I really enjoy as well. So it's a little bit of a different type of setup. So as a periodontist, you know, you have a couple of choices when you graduate which is one is to do some sort of a freelance, go and work for a bigger practice and be the periodontist in that practice and go to multiple practices like this and fill your schedule like this and get your income this way. 
or it's to be more in a traditional mode where you open your own practice and you get referrals from the outside. I see. So is your partnership with another periodontist or is that a general dentist at your Beverly Hills? It's a general dentist. Correct. Okay. Interesting. So how did you, I guess, decide when it was the right time for you to enter into that partnership? Like once you graduated from your residency, were you kind of doing more of the freelance work or did you go work for one specific practice? No, I never had a very clear path. Okay. You know, it comes back, you know, let me just take a little bit of a step back. You know, in hindsight, if I had to go back 18 years ago with what I know today, I would really work on having a little bit of a clearer picture of what you want after down school. So if I was giving you an advice right now to you, you what, in your second year, first year from what I was? First year, correct. Yeah. You see, for example, the person that I'm mentoring right now, he has a very clear idea of what he wants to do once he comes out of dental school, even after residency. He already knows he wants to specialize, and he has a very clear picture of where he wants to go. I never had this very clear picture. So I would recommend to you, if I was mentoring you right now, it's really important to define what you want to do in the future, even though it's very difficult. And I think that's where, you know, writing a journal on a daily basis, writing your thoughts over time is very important. So, you know, for example, I'm going to give you, I don't know if you follow him. I would recommend that you follow Michael Appa, who is an aesthetic cosmetic dentist in New York, who has basically three different practices, one in Dubai, one in Los Angeles, and his main office is in New York. I think he had a very clear picture, even maybe in dental school, of where he wanted to go. Or maybe it happened a little bit by default. But when I analyze and look at really successful people, they have, they're very clear about where they're going. I think that's what you're saying. Lots of like self-reflection earlier on will be beneficial for you in the long run if you can make your goals more clear from the get-go. Definitely. Right. So this, anybody that follows you or anyone that is in your, that you live in that on school right now, that would be my advice. You know, even though you so focus on what you need to do right now, because you have, you know, exam midterms, you get to study so much and so on, and it's so time consuming, but sometimes it get a little lost in translation. What am I going to do after dental school? And preparing this is very important. So to your audience, if that would be my biggest recommendation. So we can talk about, you know, perio and, you know, what, the different model of practice and, and so on. And I can guide you listener to that. Um, but, you know, this is really one of my advice. Now, I would consider myself, you know, as successful as I can be. But I think it would have helped me to have a little bit of a clearer picture over time. I, you know, I never thought I would end up in Beverly Hills, which is wonderful. Um, but it sort of happened in my life. So essentially you graduated and one thing led to another over time. And that's how you kind of ended up where you are now. Correct. Exactly. Okay. 
So what would you say has been the biggest challenge of your work so far? You know, the challenge is not too much the clinical work. I think all of us, once we graduate, regardless of what you choose, to be a general dentist, an aesthetic dentist, a prosthodontist, whatever you want to do, I think, you know, you get a certain set of And I don't think that's too much to challenge. I think the challenge is to really find the right fit where you're going to work. For example, when I came out of residency, I started an associateship uh, with a periodontist. And, you know, the goal was for me to ultimately buy into that practice. But But the periodontist that I was working with was not really ready for this process. So me, my biggest challenge was, has always been to find what is my right fit, where, you know, as far as private practice, with whom I'm going to practice with, um, how I'm going to practice. Um, and that's been my biggest challenge. It's not been a challenge to, to find work. I mean, I wouldn't worry about this too much, but it's truly what you want and with whom you're going to work, or if you want to be totally a solo practitioner, for example. So what did you kind of determine that a partnership was the best um, practice setting for you? And what kind of things were you looking for in a business partner? Number one, you have to make sure that your set of values, how to practice dentistry, you have to be exactly on the same page with your partner. And that's a big challenge. So not only your life values, but how to practice dentistry and how to run the office, everything has to match to make it a successful partnership. There will always be up and downs, but these are really, really important to be on the same page. If one of these, your set of values, um, how to run the practice, if even your education, if it doesn't fit well, that's when you run into problems. For me, the benefit of having a partner is that it's less stressful to run the practice. Because one of the things that is unique to dentistry, if you, are, if you own your own practice, You know, if you do corporate dentistry, it's very different. But if you own your practice, you have to wear multiple hats, which is very unique compared to any other business. You have to be the CEO. You have to be sometimes the office manager. Um, and then you are the producer. So there is no other business where the CEO is the producer. And that's a big challenge. And that's what is, I think, stressful when you run a practice. So having a partner, having the tasks all divided um, makes it more enjoyable for me to practice dentistry. So you mentioned that the clinical aspect of dentistry, you can practice, you can learn. It's not the most challenging part, but a lot of the business aspect, figuring out what you're looking for 
is more so the challenging part. So how did you navigate all of that once you graduated your residency? Did you have good connections and mentors? How did you kind of figure out your way through the world of dentistry once you graduated? Okay, so I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, I think, I not I think, I never had a really great mentor on the business side. You know, at certain points, I thought I knew and actually, I didn't know. Um, so I learn by mistakes. And I think it's always a little bit the problem. This is a little bit of a rule of life. You know, I move forward, I made mistakes, and I learn from my failures, basically. Are there any mistakes that jump to mind that you'd like to maybe warn people about that are listening? You know, I didn't have awareness. So... How should I put this? How should I explain that to you? Um, you know, I'm a little bit here. Let me just put it. The number one thing that I would recommend to you, I, I don't know what kind of, do you know the software that you guys are using in, in school? What One of the things that I would tell you is to learn, to have a little bit of a business class, to know what is an account receivable, to, to know how to look at numbers at the end of the month, you know, what you produce, what you collected. And I even didn't have the awareness of looking at these numbers. I was just looking at my bank account. So learning, you know, the statistic of the dental practice. Because my focus was always on clinical dentistry, because that's sort of where, how I was taught, especially when you do a residency program, you only think about clinical, clinical, clinical. But this is almost the least important when you own your own practice. Um, so one of the things that was unique for me is that I went into practice with uh, my, what is now my ex-wife. And, um, and that's how I ended up in Beverly Hills. And there it's the same thing. We were actually not on the same page. And um, so it always ends up with failure when you're not looking at things the same way. So I don't know if it helps a little bit or it answers yeah. Questions? No, it definitely does. I was just curious. Yeah, really, really candid on this. Um, Yeah, I appreciate everything. I know it helps your listener because your listener are in first year of dental school. So what you went through, I went through it. So I don't know if Mm -hmm. you want the podcast to go, but um, if I had an advice again for you or for any of your listener at this stage. Yes, focus on what you need to focus to get through your requirements. But at the same time, educate yourself on, um, you know, how to run a practice, how to look at numbers, um, you know, leadership, you know, your employees, all of this. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I think that's really good advice. And unfortunately, we just don't learn much about business in dental school. So you need to seek that out yourself, for sure. 
So do you have any closing advice you want to give or any other topics you wanted to touch on today? No, my advice would be to really think about what uh, you really, really want to do after you graduate from dental school. Not just think as dental school as an end point. You really need to think, you know, am I going to work for corporate, you know, corporate, a DSO, uh, a big office, or do I want to be a solo practitioner? You know, what kind of dentistry do I want to practice? Do I want to really practice high quality dentistry, which is more of a slow dentistry concept? Um, I think that's really what I would advise all your listeners right now. Thank you so much. So if people do have any questions for you or anything, what's the best way for them to contact you? You can reach me even on my cell and text me. Um, you know, I can give you my cell phone number right now. Or I can DM it to you, uh, which okay. is 949-439-1421. Uh, that's you. really probably the best way to reach me. I can You can DM me on Instagram, look at my profile, follow me there. Um, and I will answer all the questions all the time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for today. More than welcome. All right. That's the end of this episode. Next week, we're going to be joined with another dental student. It's more of a balanced conversation, less interview style, but her name is Navia and she goes to Indiana University's dental school. And we talk about her education there, her pre-dental timeline, actually being a Canadian dental student in the States. And also we talk about interprofessionalism a lot and her research that she did in undergrad that is super, super unique and her really unique major. So I think you'll all enjoy that, whether you're pre-dental or in dental school. It's always cool to hear about what's going on in different dental programs. I was really impressed to learn about IU's dental school. So looking forward to sharing that all with you next week. And again, I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. And thank you so much for listening.